Episode 12, Arbitron, Count My People. Welcome to Radio War Stories. In every episode, hosts Dave Jagger and Don Nelson reach into their arsenal of decades of radio experience to entertain you with their most amusing, enthralling, and interesting stories. Suit up and get ready for today's episode. And welcome back to another Radio War Stories. I'm Dave Jagger. And I'm Don Nelson. Don, I am so happy we are inside because in Dallas we've had a heat wave. It's uh, been a little toasty. However, I just noticed that uh, Death Valley is going to hit 130 today. So what are we griping yeah, about? What the heck are we complaining about? So what if it's 101 or 102? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Don did something during his career that was amazing. And I've never, ever spoken to anybody that experienced this in their careers. And that was uh, a member of the Arbitron Advisory Council. And even more fun, the fact that we were the first members of the advisory council. That's not, that's even more stunning. I didn't know you were the very first yeah, ones on that thing. And this was very elaborate, the way Arbitron had it set up. They had uh, nominations from uh, every format, from the top 50 markets and then the 50-plus markets. And then they had this elaborate election, and we, the first members of the council, all met uh, in front of an NAB in Las Vegas. This would have been 1978, uh, just before the spring uh, NAB. Okay. And uh, Arbitron uh, threw all of us into a room. Interestingly enough, I didn't know a single one of my, my co-members uh, on this, which was unusual. But uh, we had people from every format. Bernie Mam and John Franks represented beautiful music. <laughs> all right. There you go. Uh, one of the really fun guys was... George Nicklaw, who ran KNX Los Angeles, the, the huge CBS and yeah. still all-news operation. Mm -hmm. um, WRAP in Norfolk, uh, Paul Downs, and the format then was called Black. Okay, that was WNAP. Uh, and <laughs> Black, that was right. the format. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, what we would call urban these days. Yeah, exactly. And, and also Richard Kale was a, a fun guy that uh, I got to know. He ran Gene Autry's uh, Golden West Station in Portland, K oh my God. KEX. Uh, I was representing country in the top 50. Uh, and Ed Christian mm -hmm. uh, was representing contemporary in the top 50. Ed was the GM at WNIC. Uh, in Detroit, Detroit yeah. and uh, Ed, of course, is probably the only one of us uh, still incredibly active because uh, Ed has a super company called Saga Communications that, interestingly enough, owns all the radio stations in my hometown. No, in Jonesboro. <laughs> Including the one I started on, KBTM. And, and they still have the same calls? Uh, you know, I don't know that. <laughs> I haven't been there lately, but... Well, for those of you that may not know, Arbitron was the, uh, it's Nielsen now. Nielsen bought Arbitron in the year 2013, and um, Arbitron was our ratings company. Uh, a terrible method, in my opinion, and everybody else on the air thought it was just a horrible method, and it was a diary method. They were also battling a company when they first were, uh, First came to 1949, I believe, was when they first started at Arbitron. Birch was the other one. Go ahead. Yeah, Birch will also, the, in the early, early, early days, there were a couple of them called Hooper. Oh, and, man, and, I'd forgotten yeah, about that. Yeah, Hooper was wonderful because the Hooper salesman would come to town and said, we've just done a survey of your market, and you're number one. Would you like to buy it? 
And you say, nah, I don't think so. And so he would go to the next radio station and say, we just did a survey. As a kid, I remember listening to KONO in San Antonio, and they had a jingle, Hooper rated number one. Yep. KONO, yeah. <laughs> well, Arbitron was a, a far cry from that. I mean, yeah. they, they really made an effort at it, but... Uh, they came up with, they were getting a lot of heat in the, in the mid-70s on sample size and all of this sort of thing. Just, they were taking a lot of grief, both on the radio and television side. So they decided to come up with this PR idea. And basically what they did after setting up these elaborate elections, and they, we all got in the room for the first time, and we have one-year terms. We're all there for one year. And, you know, there's nothing any more independent than an independent broadcaster. <laughs> and and um, Ted Shaker was running Arbitron at the time. Ted uh, uh, had been a big guy at CBS, a big guy at ABC Television. Wow. Uh, and he was the CEO of, of Arbitron and uh, didn't really like to take a lot of feedback. He, he kind of, you know, wanted to run things with an mm -hmm. iron fist. Mm -hmm. So he said, guys, you have two hours to organize, then we'll be meeting for da-da-da-da-da. Well, we got in the room, and our two hours turned into the rest of the day because there was not a lot in the way they had it set up that made a lot of sense to us. So <laughs> the, the first thing we did is we changed our terms, and we took one-third of the council with one-year terms, one-third with two-year terms, one-third with three-year terms. So there would always be the continuity of changeover. That's a great idea. And then the next thing we did is we added a member. Uh, because the council was made up of, of GMs of various radio stations who probably collectively knew diddly about, you know, the actual <laughs> sure. research business. Right, right. So that wasn't your job. You were there right. to advise Arbitron on what radio needed. So we brought Arbitron. in we brought in Bob Galen, who was the research director from NBC for the NBC on wow. And uh, <laughs> so we announced to Mr. Shaker what we were doing, and he looked at us in total awe and said, you can't do that. We make the rules. And it was very quiet uh, for a few minutes. And then as, as Ed Christian and I had been authorized, because Ed and I were, not, were named the co-chairman of the council that year, and the other members had authorized us to say, we're going to do it this way or not at all. Uh, so very we, good. We, we can either... Uh, have these three-year terms, have our research director, or, thank you very much, we'll go home. We'll go home, yeah. Right. Well, we pay you, Arbitron. You don't pay us. <laughs> so that was that was the start of this Arbitron Advisory man, Council. Oh, man, and, oh, man. And as, as it went on, uh, it, it got quite a bit of power. And in terms of, of having Arbitron really listen to broadcasters instead of dictating to us and telling us, right. you can't do this, this right. is the way we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and particularly because they had Birch uh, uh, kind of breathing down their yeah. neck a little bit at that point in the 70s. Well, it was a different methodology. Birch used telephone recall. They would call homes, right. mm -hmm. and that's how they collected their data. Arbitron was the diary method. People were supposed to fill it out at the end of the week a little stipend in the package a dollar or two right. to give you yeah. the incentive to send it back and fill it out which people did most of the time at the end of the week and then they sent a diary i just got my dollar and never did it you know <laughs> 
you weren't supposed to be getting a diary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, as this went on, though, uh, this core group of, of the first people uh, on the council uh, all became really good friends. Oh, I bet you did. And the, the uh, representative of country in the, in the lower 50 markets uh, was Jimmy Phillips from Cahay in El Paso. Mm-hmm. And Jim was, to my way of thinking, the, the ultimate broadcaster. I mean, he really was. He owned El Paso. Lock, stock, and barrel, and had for years. One of the uh, uh, better-known programmers, uh, Lee Masters, uh, who had, had gone from programming into GM, and then he bought a station in El Paso. Ah. And he went country and went up against uh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And he got great numbers. I mean, you know, he, was, he had a great radio station. It sounded terrific. He couldn't sell a commercial to anybody in town. Literally, he would go into the automobile dealer and he'd say, look, we're gonna, we have this and we have that. And the, the dealer would say, yeah, but I don't want to make Jimmy Phillips unhappy. He, he, he was at my son's graduation, you oh, know, and, oh, oh. And, and this kind of thing. Oh, so it was a, he really did own El Paso. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we met uh, quarterly for... Uh, this went on for, I'm guessing, maybe five, six, seven years. Okay. And I, I would like to think that we did become a force uh, for the better, for the industry. Uh, we had uh, all of the uh, the guys who, who ran the scandal sheets uh, all over us wanting to know, what are you guys going to yeah. do next? What's happening? What's going on here? And what Bill Gavin and Bill, Bill Board and, and uh, all of them, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that, was, uh, that was a really fun time. Uh, but... Uh, as the meetings progressed, uh, Arbitron's whole idea uh, initially, and they kept trying to come back to it, was we're going to run them into some really high-end hotels. We're going to have some killer meals. We're going to just feed them and uh, food and drink. And we're going to lay this presentation on them with our slides, and then we're going to slap them on the back and send them home. <laughs> <laughs> So these two-day meetings yeah. sometimes went as much as four days uh, because really? because we had things we were trying to sure. do really get done. Sure. How much pushback did they give you with a lot of the ideas that you came up with for radio? I mean, to help radio. Uh, 100%. They gave you all pushback all the time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's This is the way we do it. Uh, but again, by having the research people in there... And the GMs representing some of the big O&Os, uh, that kind of thing, uh, it, it worked out. Uh, funny aside, we had just an, an idea of how they had initially planned to do it. One of our first year meetings was at the Breakers in Palm Beach, which is, to my way of thinking, the finest hotel in America. It still is. It's yeah. an amazing place. And I checked in uh, to, uh, to the meeting, and they took me down to my room. My suite was the biggest suite I have ever seen in my life. The I presidential mean, suite. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was like a football field. Oh and it was on the first floor, and you could walk right out into the sand Whoa. And, and do that. And then there was this huge bedroom. And I just, he's, the, the, the bell guy says, is everything okay? And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> what could be wrong? Yeah, look around you, dude. So we had a welcoming uh, wow. reception, yeah. and uh, we're standing in the middle of the reception, and and I see uh, some guy in glasses over at the door, and he's kind of weaving at me, trying to get my attention. The room's full of people, and I walked over, and 
He said, Mr. Nelson? And I said, yes. He said, I'm, I'm the general manager of the hotel. We're happy to have you, you folks here. There has been a, a, a mistake, which I certainly hope we're not going to inconvenience you, but uh, oh, um, here it comes. you were in the presidential suite, uh, which is not where you were booked. And uh, we do have that reserved uh, starting tomorrow morning with guests uh, who are paying the freight. <laughs> and we're going to have to move you. And I said, not, not a problem. That's good. I said, but, you know, we got this room full of people. We had, And I had invited them all back to my place. Do you suppose you could set up a bar for us? <laughs> Guys. That was, that was a piece of cake. What's right? the <laughs> worst that they can say, right? And that's perfect, Don. Yeah. That's really good. I'll bet you wondered why they gave you that big room when you walked in. I, I was amazed. You had an eye luck out yeah. on this kind of deal. Uh, with all of the, uh, the pushback that Arbitron gave you, uh, it doesn't surprise me that the Arbitron Advisory Council, it sounds to me like you really were trying hard to get some changes done. For instance, the one thing I can remember that was a big change initially after everybody started getting their their books was being able to go and look at your diaries for right. your market. Yeah, right. Were you uh, responsible oh, for that or the Arbitron he, Advisory yes, Council? Yes, we and, and I went into Bellsville, which is where Arbitron was headquartered. Yeah, in Maryland. Uh, I went there every year uh, after we got the ability to go do that, right. where you could sit and look at, at uh, the individual diaries because you could learn a lot and we'd go in you know, BR my, the my program director uh, Bill and I would yeah. go in together sit down and just go through these diaries and you know some of them were funny you would look at it and say hey look at this one you know uh-huh. and, but others you realized uh, mistakes were being made uh, but in any uh, business where you have that that much right. uh, input uh, you are going to find mistakes so you can't you know just go kicking and screaming because one diary didn't get counted but the big concern for us was sample size right right and at the at the time when the council was was formed uh, the arbitron sample size was not all that great and i think the one thing that we were able to do during that period of time is to convince them that it was not my way or the highway and they had to increase the sample size in order to make it more reflective of, of the true listening. Sure. I mean, in Indianapolis, if they sent out 5,000 or 10,000 books, they might only get two to 3,000 back, if that many. And so they had to weigh the ones that they did get in a little bit heavier. Was that Arbitron's method of always doing it? or Yes. Uh, however, that number that you just threw out, uh, put me on the floor because the it's a little high. I know. I'm just giving it as an the, example. The, the average number in in a market like Indianapolis was about 800 diaries. Holy cow! And that is to represent the entire population of the uh, of, oh of, of the market. You know. Yeah. So yeah, and they might get 20 of those. Might be for an urban station or a black station, like you said. Maybe 50 of them might be for wire where you worked. And then the rest of them might be who knows what, the Christian stations or non-commercials or the top 40s or whatever. So they were weighing those things heavier. Oh, we only have so many from women. We're going to have to weigh those heavier than we did before. That exactly. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But the, the uh, Arbitron Advisory Council was just a fabulous experience uh, in, in collectively getting a group of broadcasters together for the common good of the industry and being able to 
to walk away and feel like we actually had yeah. done something. Yeah. Right. How did they finally break down and they did increase the, the sample sizes oh, yeah. for all the markets? Right. Yes, absolutely. So what yeah. did they agree to, let's say, your first time around uh, talking to them about that? Well, that was a long time ago, and approximately, I, I don't, I don't have <laughs> I don't a clue remember. today. No, but you did get the, all, the all sample we know size is, uh, You know, whatever the number was, uh, if uh, they were putting a thousand into a market, we said we got to have ten. They came back and said we could give you two. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like uh, uh, you know, buying uh, <laughs> at a bazaar somewhere, yeah, you know, right, it, with it. bartering back and forth, and say, <laughs> let's see what, I, yeah. Well, at least you had a lot of good things happen, and that's what I always used to hear. I never. I, I, it's so great to hear the inner workings and behind the scenes of the way uh, the Arb- uh, Arbitron Advisory Council worked, because all I ever heard was Arbitron's just a, full of a bunch of jerks that are running it. We finally have some people in there that have a voice from radio and trying to get Arbitron to understand. Right. And television at the same and time. And television right. at yeah. the same time. So, I mean, time. obviously, yeah. two different battles, two yeah. different groups, uh, two different wars. Yeah. But by, by meeting quarterly and uh, in the interim periods, uh, you know, having our own little sub-meetings and our, our phone get-togethers mm-hmm. with that, and, uh, and the research people that we brought in uh, doing a super job for us and, and, you know, saying, okay, this is what you need to say, you know, yeah. in order to get it done. That had to have been a big help from a research person because, like you said, you're radio people, Arbitron. Bring one in to sit on the council. Well, I bet that didn't make them happy. <laughs> they were they were not thrilled. But of course, the first one we brought in, Bob Galen, you know, was representing NBC and uh, NBC O and O's and yeah. all of those WMAQ in Chicago and uh, you know, WNBC in New York, where Imus was at the time, oh, yeah. and, and all of that. And uh, there was one thing that everybody used to hear as well, talking about Arbitron and ratings, was that. Uh, back in the day when they used to do only either two books a year if you were in a smaller market or right. four books a year mm-hmm. the you know the spring summer winter fall uh, fall and winter the fall book being the most important one of the entire year right uh, it was amazing to me to think about the number of people that had no say so whatsoever you would go up to somebody and say have you ever heard of a ratings company called Arbitron. No. Everybody heard of Nielsen for TV. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was just, oh, I'm, we're a Nielsen family. But you couldn't hype a book. You couldn't say, we're only going to do promotions when the books are out. Right. During, during the course of, of our time on, on the advisory council, you know, we did. Most markets went from two books a year to four but the big change came, and this was at the behest of the advisory council's research people, were the rolling averages. And once we got to that point where you didn't have a spring book or a fall book, you had a book every month. Yeah, that was anyway. the Arbitrends. Right. The yeah. Arbitrends came out every month, and it was also a little more expensive to subscribe to, as I recall. Right. But, of course, with all due respect, they had a lot more expense uh, in putting out yeah, the product. absolutely. They really did. But, yeah. but that made a huge difference in, in getting rid of the, the highs and the lows. Yeah. And, of course, you could always tell when the sweep started because that's when oh, yeah. that's when the contest started. Oh, the contest and that's really <laughs> geared up. $50,000 or $1 million or grab as much as you can. All those good things. 
Uh, when we moved to Grand Rapids, Jerry, we've talked about this, used to steal uh, traffic from the local radio, the other stations, because we didn't have a, anybody doing traffic in ours. Uh, but Wood Radio, which uh, there were a lot of people that came through Grand yeah, Rapids and that, worked at Wood That was AM. the Time Life uh, operation at initially, the, right? At the yeah. time, it, yeah, initially yeah. it was. I mean, you had uh, Mike Wallace is who I'm thinking of. And uh, he worked through there. A lot of different people, uh, very famous people, worked at Wood Radio because it was a news talk kind of a thing. They did a little MOR music as well. But Jerry was listening, trying to gather up traffic one morning, and she heard this guy say, the morning guy, who should have known better, say, you know, I understand we're in Arbitron ratings right now. (laughs) And uh, a lot of people get these little diaries, I guess, and they're supposed (laughs) to fill them out. So would you do me a favor? If you have one of those, put Wood Radio down. Do me a solid, right? Do me a solid and put it down on every single page for every single time slot and every single day. Now, if you ever did anything like that on the air, you were supposed to have been called, uh, be under the line. There would be a line, and then this, anybody that had hyped the book or anything right. like that. So or this was up. a bad guy. It right. was a bad guy. <laughs> and you know what happened to him? What? Nothing. <laughs> and Wood didn't get put under the line on that book either, even though they were reported. Well, I hope you and Jerry tried it the next book. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> we should have, except our general manager never would have stood for that. So. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was a really interesting story. And Birch, by the way, folded in 1992. Uh, I don't know how they lasted that long. Uh, yeah, they never really had huge uh, numbers of subscribers. It would be, you know, one or two stations yeah. in certain markets. And in other markets, they just had no presence. Yeah, no yeah. presence whatsoever. Yeah. And Hooper right. became the same way. But right. Hooper was a big one for a long time. Against, and and don't forget against- Pulse. Man, there's another one I'd forgotten <laughs> about. So Pulse, Birch, Hooper, and Arbitron, and now it's all Nielsen audio for radio. Right. Yeah. And now it really doesn't matter because all the stations are owned by the same people in here. <laughs> it doesn't right? make any difference, <laughs> no matter whatsoever. Don, thank you for that. That was really enlightening. I really enjoyed that. And, and uh, boy, I, I wish I was smarter to ask smarter questions. But uh, it's fascinating to know that you were in the very first Arbitron Advisory Council. And it was even more fascinating to know that we stood up to him and we won. And you won. <laughs> thank you for radio, from radio and thank Thank you for being here today. All right. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like us on Facebook at Radio War Stories and call in with your questions or comments here or on Skype. Skype at RadioWarStories.com. We look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.